0: positions of hopelessness and helplessness, the government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God bless America? No, 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 not God bless America, God damn America, that's in the Bible for killing innocent people, God damn America, for treating us citizens as less than human,
1: God damn America! Okay, uh, what i to start the episode. Hello, Batman. I have a riddle for you. It's a five-letter word, and you have five or six guesses to guess it. (laughs) And if you get a letter right, it will turn green. And if you get it right, but it's in the wrong space, it'll turn yellow. And if you don't get it in six, I'll fucking kill somebody. (laughs) I repeated a letter i'm so <laughs> fucking stupid why did i use c twice um hello everyone we're going to talk about <laughs> batman later and how it's actually about wordle
0: the, uh, wordler. the <laughs> wordler
1: everyone <laughs> yeah that's the guy who invented that game and sold it to the new york times he <laughs> yeah. wears a bag on his head Maybe david wordler there. yeah <laughs>
2: I'm really into, like, a Riddler who can't quite come up with the right name, and he's like, I know I do something with words. I'm the Wordler.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm Jake Flores. That's Alex Patek. What up? Anders Lee is here. Anders Lee here. This is Poddam America, the gothic socialist podcast for Batman to listen to uh, that gets upwards of 500 listeners and is a terror (laughs) a threat to the city. And our friend Naomi Caravani is back on the show uh hello
0: well, yeah. yeah i'm your cringe correspondent today
1: right <laughs> <laughs> all of the correspondents we know are out of work we have to like um right. <laughs> animals we have to let them correspond about stuff so uh please please no.
2: if you've got opinions they've got opinions let them in
1: do a <laughs> platform do a segment um <laughs>
2: yeah
0: the war has officially gone cringe uh the white house (laughs) has invited tiktok stars to be briefed on the uh the war in ukraine and And
3: that's not a bit that's an actual thing that happened yeah
0: that's not a bit yeah the same day this news came out it was like vice reported that russian tiktok influencers were being paid by the russian government to spread information and then, uh, yeah, and then the White House is inviting TikTok influencers who are American, uh, but not getting paid, so it, that's better. There's I the
2: difference, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they love
1: it for the love of the game,
0: yeah. So, there was like an hour, uh, You you could get the recording. You there's a Washington Post article about it, you could get the recording of the whole meeting, and it's uh, kind of hilarious. First of all, you have like just somebody so bored out of their mind just sighing into their mic and like clearly typing on their phone like lmao i'm talking to jen saki right now um <laughs> which
2: dances yeah. do i do when we discuss don boss yeah. <laughs> exactly Move your don boss
0: i <laughs> move your don boss
1: a- how do i do the string dance in a way that will uh distract us from the Azov azoff battalion.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like,
1: Dance your Azov battalion. Does that do does this work at all? There you go. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Maybe on TikTok.
2: As an influencer myself, I do have to know what are our marching orders? What <laughs> what does the state want from me right now?
0: Uh well, you know, I would I like had mixed feelings about it because uh, on the one hand it's like really good to talk to people and be like, hey, we do not want to go to nuclear war and we need to make that clear that any war r- with Russia means nukes are involved. So they did make that clear. Right, cuz um, there was
3: a there was an influencer. I listened to the beginning of it and there was an influencer who's like his family in Ukraine and he just asked oh, straight up, what about the no
0: influencer. F-? Yeah, go on, sorry.
3: He's just like, what about a no-fly zone? Why isn't that happening? And to their credit, the White House uh Jen Psaki. Explained what that means, which is like, well, so we're trying to educate people that that would actually mean war with Russia. And And they're
0: like, it's really not in the United States interest right now to get nuked. So uh, so the guy who asked that question about the no fly zone was Ukrainian and he's the son of Lev Parnas, a Ukrainian born American businessman and former associate of Rudolph Giuliani who assisted Trump's plan to pressure Ukraine to investigate Trump's rivals. So he is a, I guess his dad is a fishy character. Uh, today he posted a video like Russian soldiers are being told to shoot at women and children. That's, that was his TikTok today. And I was I like, believe uh, that's yeah. So um, on the other hand, they're only talking about Russian disinformation. They're not talking about Ukrainian disinformation, of course. Um, so, so that's, that's the disturbing part to me because like we're, we're going to be pressured to do more in Ukraine.
2: This is a unique war because, uh, it really illustrates that nothing, none of the information that services online is usable at all. It's all lies all the (laughs) way down.
0: Well, you know, I've been following... I've been following my war nerds. Um, You know, they mostly like post about equipment and nerd about tanks and stuff. But occasionally they'll be like, hey, uh, you know, the U.S. has got this guy's wrong about this. Like if we send more weapons into Ukraine, they will still never win. (laughs) Like and the White House's line was like Russia will lose for sure. And it's just. Um, I guess it depends on what ad- objectives you're talking about. Cause like Russia has like a long list of demands, which is obviously going to be, you know, it's obviously going to change as the war goes on. And so they were just saying like, yeah, Russia's going to lose. And it's like, uh, they're doing so badly, but it's like, Russia's not following the war nerds online. I'm like, okay, Russia's not fighting how they, how they usually fight. They, they have enough air power to like wipe Ukraine off the map. So it's just Ukraine's gonna lose and the US wants this war to last so they can bleed Russia, basically. Oof.
2: It's it's kind of interesting to see because we've so carefully trained the the media with the money behind it in this country to like at the snap of fingers just start salivating over blood. Like you can get liberals worked up into a frenzy. Almost too easily to the point where the White House now has to step in and be like, "You're taking it too far. <laughs> no, <laughs> this yeah. is not good for us." They're moving to the yeah. yuan. That wasn't what we wanted. Yeah, there was like
1: a hashtag going that Libs came up with that was like pro no fly zone. I can't remember what it was. it Rhymed or some shit, but it was like alarming. Oh,
0: no.
3: Oh no, a- no! The rhymes—the rhymes are
0: what's going <laughs> to lead the world to mass destruction.
3: <laughs> it was a Paper airplanes. it was like, <laughs>
1: like if oh, this yeah. isn't paper, coming from the like White House, they just did like this? This just came up organically because they're just trained at this point, you know.
3: Yeah, so they just want to like out sort of maneuver. I mean, that's kind of what you know the internet does to people, and. In- all yeah. different directions but well. like you want to seem more concerned about this thing than the other, than the next person and uh, i'm actually more concerned about it than you are i want to know fly zone oh it was oh. close the sky that's what it was
1: it didn't rhyme at all close, close oh. the sky
0: oh, yeah.
2: close the sky.
1: well
0: maybe they'll come up with a more sophisticated one um there was have like... to make it
1: rhyme if they wanted to get off the ground
2: <laughs> yeah how planes and work.
0: there there was a question in the meeting about like uh, what about all these other wars? Like, why is Ukraine getting all this oxygen? And Jen Psaki basically blamed the media for paying attention to Ukraine too much, and and then she's like, "Well, I hope people this will get more people interested in other conflicts around the world." You know, like the Uyghurs. You
3: know? ah,
2: that's <laughs> the time. last so, thing they want.
3: Right. <laughs> Definitely, no attention being given to to the. To the Uyghurs. Definitely no misinformation running around about that. Yeah, anyway.
2: yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's just weird to be like, all right, you're looking at Ukraine too much. Now look somewhere else, not Yemen or anywhere <laughs> yeah. in Africa. Yeah. Don't look at Africa. All right.
0: Yeah. And and two, um, the TikTok influence. It's amazing that like I feel like discourse on TikTok is actually better than Twitter because like on Twitter, what are we arguing? Like, is Putin Hitler or is Hitler Putin or you know, it's pretty it's, much a self-harm
2: box now. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but like on TikTok, people were, you know, talking. and I mean, people had fair criticisms of like media attention and how uh, I feel like I feel like they're being a little critical. But then again, I most of those TikTokers were obviously NATO cheerlead- cheerleaders, like one girl posted a video the day before who, and she was like. Uh yeah, why don't we just send fighter jets there? Let's just do it. Let's just send them to Ukraine. And yeah, it's not a surprise that she was invited to the White House, obviously.
3: Who is this guy you showed me? He's a TikToker who uh sounds like he's had a lobotomy and just reads <laughs> headlines. It's literally yeah, just some of them trips, are just
0: and reading and headlines and, and- they have millions of followers. So if you have a ring light at home, you can do it, too.
2: Yeah. This, I was um, about to say, this, this part sounds like jealousy on a professional level for a man. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. Maybe.
2: Yes. <laughs> I'll admit to it. I want to be. Although, yeah, that, that would obviously
3: bring, uh, bring up some some ethical crises if, as a TikToker, as, as content creators. If we were asked to go to the White House, what would we do? Uh, Uh, it's 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 sort of nice to know that's never going to happen
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean one tiktoker was like this does not make me a deep state operative by meeting with the white house and i'm like all right we'll see what kind of information you post but sure
2: words don't mean anything it turns out yeah it was what would
1: then (laughs) kind of a whole thing, right?
2: Just because yeah. I'm being told how to operate by someone who has an unelected position in the government and stays there no matter who is in office does not make me a deep state operator. I'm <laughs> like Batman. This episode <laughs> is about Batman.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. That segues, you know. <laughs> As we will discuss, the movie Bat the Batman is about uh posters, you know.
3: Uh-huh. TikTokers? Yeah. It's Isn't that about... right, Naomi? What do, you liked Batman, right? What,
0: no. What, do you, what, do, you have, what do you think about Batman? Too long. What do you, just what do you by think it was a metaphor for? Time.
3: <laughs> what was it a metaphor for?
0: Batman? Did we have this conversation?
3: <laughs> I don't know. I'm interested to get your take. Anyway, we'll, we'll have that I conversation. I think he's a point.
0: fucking nerd. Hey. He's a cop.
1: There you go. He's a nerd. He is a cop. Um, he's a millionaire. Who it, I think the movie—the one thing I'll say that it wasn't realistic about is that he—it wasn't selling NFTs. Bruce Wayne yeah. should have been like, "Yeah, I'm going to save the picture, the city with this
3: picture of a bat smoking a right. cigar." The, right. The bad guy in the <laughs> movie is just somebody who right-click saved. Yeah, has to stop them. Trick <laughs> yeah. their fucking ass. Can't do that?
2: <laughs> 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 this cost me thousands of dollars.
3: <laughs> yeah, as we'll discuss. I, I liked it As far as Batman's go, still not as good as Batman Returns.
0: I would rather be talking about TikTok, obviously.
1: Okay. <laughs> Ooh, TikTok. What if it existed in Gotham? What would they say? Oh you know, no, <laughs> Goth Talk. Goth. Whoa. There you go. That's the name of this podcast. The new name.
0: Goth Talk.
1: Um. Goth Talk goth talk all right should we segue into this interview with our friends the horror vanguard about the batman
2: let's cut yes. to that
1: okay um what's batman music i could bring us in on kiss from rose it's a podcast we're standing on top of the tower <laughs> city. Singing, uh, with a scar across her face. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm something
3: Steel. in the way. What? Oh, right. <laughs> what are you singing, Anders? The theme song for the Batman. Which yeah, the is, new uh,
2: Batman. It's the sad Nirvana song. That's the right. one they go back to. It's just uh, like Batman wants to cut himself. I uh, heard there was a hand. take. <laughs> I heard there's a
3: taker. It's just him looking out at the bag. It's a bad signal. It's like sit and drink, Penny Royal, day. Yeah, yeah. He does the, bad, the
1: the the Nirvana songs that you're not supposed to put in movies. He right. yeah.
3: right. just the theme song is rape me, just
1: rape me. Dude. Batman singing rape me,
3: which technically uh, is waif me. Because when they sold that at Walmart, Walmart was actually what well, you know on arguably on sort of a, the progressive end of things make by making this decision. But Walmart didn't want Rape Me to be on a CD that they sold, which you know was a different time, right? Uh,
2: Walmart's got to sell an alternative grunge CD, but right they ch- they changed <laughs> the
3: track on the CDs to Waif Me instead of Rape Me. That sucks. What? And it's like, yeah. so the other track is
1: Brilliant. like, sit and drink,
3: <laughs> sleepy time tea. <laughs> <so> sleepy.
1: I'm <laughs> just a rocking
0: chair bear inside of
1: me. All okay. right. Wait, do I do the intro or are we already in the middle of the podcast <laughs> Just right in, Just introduce the guests. Fuck it. Okay. Hello. Welcome back to the show. Our goth brothers in arms, Ash and Jonathan from the Horror Vanguard. Hey. Oh.
4: Woo. Hey, what's up? I'm Ash. How's how's things? How's, how's our Nirvana cover band going? It's
2: going really well.
1: Yeah. 11-year-old me would be so psyched. We do not, uh reunite, though, to talk about Nirvana. We are here to talk about The Batman, <laughs> and we should get right into it because it's a three-hour movie, so the podcast about it is going to be eight hours long. It is hours, <laughs> <correct>. um.
2: <laughs> if this is anything like our Cruella podcast, it has to be longer than the film.
1: <laughs> why Why discuss uh, this new movie, The Batman? What does it mean? What does it say about us? Is it? How do we make it go away? What does it want from us? <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> These the are all question. important questions. Uh, I'm going to off the bat tell you guys <laughs> my experience with this movie because I think it is important to understand where I'm coming from with what I have to say about it. I went to go watch the Batman last week with our friend David Twighty. I was too hungover. He showed up visibly stoned and uh, we went to go watch this movie and I have a sleep (laughs) disorder. And the thing is, in the movie theater we went to, it's really cool. They basically you're almost in a bed at this point in the movies because the movie theaters are a dying industry. So they're doing a lot of stuff to be like, go watch a movie in the theater you could basically sit in a recliner with like a little fucking uh table for food and stuff it's crazy i kept falling asleep so i went in and out like i was trying to stay awake i was like biting my tongue and stuff cuz i have this problem where sometimes i fall asleep watching movies it's 3 hours long he was stoned out of his mind so he kept turning to me and like laughing at stuff that i who even knows if it made sense so i had an absurd like disjointed experience I do not know what the story of the Batman was about but I definitely got a lot of vibe and imagery from it. Mm. So that's where I'm going to be coming from. I think I got the the gist, the It's,
5: it's a very vibe-based movie. It's a, I think that's fine. It's it's very vibe-based. But I feel like I feel like Ash needs to tell you all his experience with the Batman because <laughs> it's it's amazing.
4: I had the opposite, like, the literal opposite experience. I, I accidentally got tickets for something called 4DX. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of this. And, like, so, so you sit in the front row, right? And so I, I sit down, and my seat starts shaking. And I, and I figured, like, oh, there must be, like, a kid in the aisle with me. They're, like, kicking the seat, whatever. Um, But then, like, the seat starts, like, snapping me back and forth. And then, like, a mister comes on and starts, yeah. like, hosing me down.
3: Oh, a mist and then, like, like a little mist. action sequence. Okay. Like, like a mister
4: on screen. or like a guy. Yeah, okay. like a little mist and like Yeah, a yeah, like, little guy comes out of the seat and hits me yeah. with a little mister, like I'm a cat. Um but then there's like strobe lights and fans going off and a fog machine and like What's it has smells. This is a
2: strange movie like, for this uh, yeah. feature.
4: It, it is bizarre like like so there, there's a point like in the beginning of the movie where batman walks onto like uh like like one of the l platforms in downtown chicago and like right when that happens like i swear to god the seat missed me with like greasy axe body spray smell and like the whole time it's like shaking you back and forth too it's it was like the most like disjointed and
3: insane Enjoy experience the film. i've you're ever had you're getting punched
2: by batman batman's punching you <laughs> I Pretty did much, that for 1917,
3: yeah. and I'll admit I actually kind of liked it, but that's mostly because I'm a World War I nerd. So. But that's, like, that's
2: like the POV war movie. Yeah. The, the one-shot war movie, so you really feel like you're watching two unfortunate lads.
1: I, I have a, a bit on my album I just put out about this, but I well, I went to a, an aquarium and they had happy feet in 4D, <laughs> which was like insane. DJI <laughs> movie for children about penguins. <laughs> it sprayed me in the face with mist the whole time and stuff, and like rocked around. It was weird.
2: They correctly <laughs> diagnosed children are the one who want the shaky sh- seats that missed you, though.
5: Yeah, do you remember? Do you remember when all the Marvel fans got really mad at uh, Scorsese for saying that they're not cinema; they're just like a roller coaster. All uh, of this, all cinema chains saw that and went, "Now that's something we can sell." <laughs>
2: that's yeah, a good yeah. idea he's right. <laughs>
5: yeah, he's right he's right he's 100% right he's 100 right
2: i forget which one of you two shared this but speaking of the movie being a vibe uh uh you were just posting brand new lyrics under your batman yeah. review and i was like that's correct that's the way it's yeah. intended to be viewed a hundred
5: percent uh 2022 <laughs> the emo kids stay winning like brand new uh the devil and god are raging inside me is what is what our pats plays inside his Batmanville. Like, you can't change my mind on this.
2: <laughs> Finally, a Batman movie to crash your car to. <laughs> like, oh. all, of the,
5: all of the former emo kids uh, like me watching it, like,
2: he's just like me. <laughs> so sad.
5: He really is like, uh, you
1: know, one of those things where you go, oh, shit, millennials are adults now. In fact, are <laughs> I mean, and at what
2: cost? Aging. Oh my God. Yeah, You got a
1: Batman who's like an emo guy. Mm-hmm. It's uh, And it works. I think the two things that I liked about this movie or a couple of things. I liked a lot of stuff about it, but I think the main thing was we're like, he he's an emo guy and he's a real weirdo. And all the characters are real weirdos. And importantly, they are reacted to by the normal characters in the movie correctly, because something mm-hmm. happens a lot in these movies is like, uh, because <laughs> Batman is so like reified and in our imagination, like the people in the movies will just be like, Oh, a guy wearing a bat suit, uh, beating up a clown, typical Monday in the city, you know? Right. Uh, but I, what I liked about this movie is it starts <laughs> off with him. Like, uh, you know, he's, his friend commissioner Gordon is like, he's a uh, stigma, stigmatized within the police. Mm-hmm. You know, community for being friends with this freak, which is normal. That what should happen, right? Yeah. And he's like, 100%. I got this weird guy. I know he's fucking weird, but he helps me solve crimes. And uh, the and he's real goth, and he's h- hunched over a computer when he's in the Batcave, which is correct. That's a correct representation of reality right now. Everyone's mm-hmm. hunched over a computer. And uh, the other thing I liked about it is that it was noir, which was like, which is not you kind of hasn't been done in Batman yet, really, to this degree, like the actual embracing of
5: the detective yeah. genre. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He 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 reads stuff. Yeah, to was like, the, yeah. Crimes. He doesn't just you know invent the NSA at the end of the <laughs> Batman film. Um, he actually has to try and be the world's greatest detective, which is cool. It's cool. We've not had that for a while.
3: Right. And I also that that was an aspect of this I liked a lot. So the classic choice with Batman is to kind of make split a duality between him and Bruce Wayne and Bruce Wayne is a playboy. He's a party animal. He's carefree uh, and, you know, gregarious and charming. And Robert Pattinson was just the same guy. Mask on, mask off. Right. He's he's, you know, a a recluse. Mm -hmm. He's not, you know, living it up and giving money to charity and, and all that stuff. Uh, which you know they portray um, Bruce Wayne as just having to have like a secret, a secret uh, side to him, right? And that's the only side to to uh, Bruce Wayne and to Batman, which I thought, and this made me think a lot about this quote from Christian Bale. I remember him saying once, I think when Batman Begins came out, where he was like, um, you know, if he he had to develop a voice to do as batman that was different from bruce wayne and he said well if i don't do that then it's just mm-hmm. going to be like i'm a guy who's really into snm walking around in this bat suit which is a good point if you're doing that <laughs> duality but robert pattinson took it in a completely direct different direction he's like yeah i am a guy who's into SM. i just am mm-hmm. n- not to stereotype but like uh i i am a moody you know, I am actually thinking about what it would take to make a person want to be Batman. And that's not something you can turn off. He's just like this all the time. And yeah, it, it really um, gave a much more realistic impression than the other Batman movies when he, he especially spooky when he's spooky all the
2: time. Was anybody yeah. else worried that he'd be in the room with one of the bad guys as Bruce Wayne, they'd be like, this guy's body language. I mean, tell me huh. if I'm wrong here. It's the same as Batman
1: is he flapping his arms like he has bat wings when he's <laughs> <laughs> the right. car- I, I, what i liked about this movie is that all, they're all they are he is a guy's in SM. they're all freaks all of them mm-hmm. he's a fucking freak Catwoman's a fucking yeah. weirdo the riddler's
2: a real scary person he's incel uh, uh incel hodgepodge kind yeah. of thing like everything you're afraid of on the internet is the villain
1: is, is, it, is and, that the take? Is the Batman about the internet?
2: Well, Jake, I have Brr. to say this on our podcast. Uh, we were watching <laughs> The Thing, and I was with a friend of the friend of the show, David Citrick, and the Riddler's giving one of his nine long monologues he gives in the movie. And the Riddler, Paul Dano, has a very dis- distinct way of speaking that he's done, I think, to kind of uh, make uh, his character into a type of guy you know. And we were listening to it, And David goes, don't you think the Riddler sounds a little bit like Jake? And I was like, I don't really hear it. And then the Riddler was like, Bruce Wayne, you've been bad. I was like, yeah, okay. They might have actually looked him up for this. That's kind of crazy. He's literally wearing my jacket. Like the Riddler dresses like me. He's a poster. He's a
5: poster. My favorite line in the entire film is where they find the the password protected video. You know, he's put out this post and the commissioner turns around angrily and just goes, show me the post. (laughs) Like it's it's a movie about the dangers of never stop posting.
3: So what I'm wondering now, is there going to be a discord server that is like an imitation of this where people are like, Pretending to be in the DC universe, or and in could that actually lead to IRL violence? Should we, yeah, be concerned lone about wolf that?
2: murders <laughs> like happened in the film? It's like a mix of like adult school shooters with <laughs> incel culture, is kind of what they're worried about. And I think that it's not totally out of left field as something that could never happen until the end of the movie, which I don't want to get super into, but I will say that the Riddler's forum buddies come out for him in a way that is very unrealistic to expect because <laughs> right? they your didn't friends online
3: mm-hmm. because that and, and spoiler alert, obviously <laughs> if you haven't seen it uh, or, you know, if you don't care about seeing it, uh, just have that in mind, but uh, I, that I didn't find, feel like they built enough, like who this, this whole community, they just kind of shoved in at the end when the movie should have been over. Um, yeah. The, like if they had built like, and maybe showed us uh, some of these guys who lurk around on these forums and why they're, they're like this and what they believe in, it was just all kind of sudden and jammed in. I thought
2: yeah, it was yeah. applied. Like he knows a bunch of sickos and here they are and they've all got guns. <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't actually care that much that I missed the story here because in my experience, Batman movie stories are like the, the story is the dumbest part. Um, <laughs> It's weird that they sort of get sold as like intellectual. Like, to me, the greatest trick like that the, the greatest trick the devil ever played on millennials was like f- tricking us into thinking the Christopher Nolan Batman movies were intellectual when they were actually just like mm-hmm. pretty. And they, they've if, if they said anything at best, mm-hmm. they said very conservative shit. Um,
3: right. And and I think there's and this also this problem I in my opinion plagues this movie as well is that they've sort of conflated uh, like making a more adult Batman, a uh, more serious Batman, with having like a conv- convoluted plot, like it has to be complicated in order for it to have like uh, any more depth than like the Schumacher films. And you don't need to do that; you can just make it a simple plot and actually and make it thematically interesting. Well, like Batman I think, Returns.
1: I think that the complicated nature of the plot actually went paired well with. Uh, I mean, that's part of noir, is what I'm saying. Mm. Like the idea that's that true. you were lost in the plot is that's how you're supposed to feel when you watch like um, you know I mean the big this, sleep yeah the big sleep fucking Raymond Chandler mm-hmm. shit when you read one of those mm-hmm. books this also was kind of like a uh, cyberpunk type noir thing so yeah. it was a little Blade Runner-y you know um, and you don't really know what's going on in that movie either so I kind of thought it worked but that's my personal take um, but I think you know before we get bogged down in uh, minutiae about this uh we should formally get at what what did what did the horror vanguard think of this? What is your <laughs> yeah. you guys usually have a fucking theory about things that you watch, you know? Uh, well, we, yeah.
5: We, we, yeah, we have a we have a kind of slightly we have slightly different takes on this. So Ash, what's 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 your what's what's the HV line? So I think there's a lot
4: of like really interesting things going on here and I think like you guys already hit on one of them which is like this is like a weirdly millennial movie. Like everyone's a like little messed up internet gremlin. Who's absolutely terrified of other messed up internet gremlins. And like the fact that the movie is so long and convoluted, like everything just kind of like, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but like everything in my life just feels way too long and convoluted at this point. And so it's like, it really connects with that. But then I think like with the Riddler specifically, like, I think like there's kind of like two different kinds of Batman villains. You've either got like the psycho killers who are just kind of, you know, cartoon psycho killers, or you've got guys like, you know, Mr. Freeze and Catwoman and like the Penguin, these people who are like, they have principled material goals that they're working towards that Bruce Wayne, because he's like got infinite money, could just snap his fingers and fix. Right. Like he could just pay for all of Mr. Freeze's wife's healthcare needs and Mr. Freeze would stop having to like kill people and rob banks and stuff. Yeah, and I think like the the fact that the Riddler is like, oh, why is he doing this? Oh, is he mad at corporations, or is he just a deranged psycho killer? It's kind of like this internalized manufacture of consent that's happening in the movie. It's giving like a a pressure release to like this neoliberal anxiety over like, okay, the system's a little bad, but the people who are against the system are like, they're going way too far.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, there's a lot that I really like about this movie. Um, oh yeah, it, it's. I am I am here for the for the uh cinematic high point of emo revivalism. Let's <laughs> let's let's get into our feelings. But like the, the kind of bleak thing about this film, uh, which sort of works with its emo vibe is that there's no way, there's no way out, right? So mm-hmm. the whole the whole the whole point of Paul Dano's arc is that he kind of he kind of has a point, right? Like he's 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 the victim of of social deprivation and this is this is kind of Clearly exerted some terrible mental toll on him, but the film the film kind of wavers on that question. Like, oh, he's he's just he's just crazy, but like, you know, Mark Fisher talked about the social situatedness of mental health. Like, like those two things are, are related, right? The fact that Gotham is a shitty place to live and looks like a shitty place to live, full of horrible, nasty little goblins, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and they go, oh, well, he's just he's just a weird guy, and it's like. If the, the film had kind of uh, the film does a good job on kind of implicating Bruce Wayne, who's barely in this film, as being like up to his eyes in this legacy of corruption and retribution, but like there's no way out other than like having this kind of it makes Batman into this kind of myth figure, you know, he's literally lead, like at the end, the shot of him literally leading people out of the dark with the red flare. Which is a cool shot, but it's like it's also a little kind of like thematically on the nose. So mm-hmm. it's like there's no there's no kind of political solution, there's no systemic solution. What there is is like there's the guy who can try really hard to fix things. Cause he has that conversation right at the end with uh, uh catwoman with Selena, she says, This isn't gonna work, right? He's like, I have to try. I have to I have to try and do something. And it's sort of like that's the best that we can hope for now. If we have the one guy who can post really hard, maybe maybe there'll be some solutions.
2: Yeah, just mention all of the sick riddles in our society. Maybe we'll find a solution. Uh, no, we were we were talking about The Matrix over uh, the winter, and I kind of see a similarity in this movie in that this is the first Batman movie I've seen that seems a little bit like it hates itself. Which is like a new thing in superheroes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Batman is very sad. He doesn't seem super convinced being Batman is doing anything. And right. then crime the crime hasn't gone down. It
3: says <laughs> in the movie, he's not even helping crime go super down.
2: Supervillains have popped up and they think they're working with him, and they successfully destroyed the city. <laughs> and then the movie's just like, the end. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's very like cynical and pessimistic, which is better though than like a weird like Christopher Nolan. I am the thing this city needs. Yeah, because like we've been through that at this point. No, I don't think anyone is in a place in twenty twenty two of thinking like anything like that like worked. And also, you know what? The pessimistic nature of it kind of spoke to me as like a socialist because like bernie's mm-hmm. over and like we're just staring into a void you know and uh batman going i don't know this is all you can do is you know i i, I imagine sitting next to him at a bar and going yeah that's
4: yeah okay. <laughs> right yeah. Yeah, like at but least it, it's honest
5: right at least it's honest yeah, like, yeah And there's
4: uh there, there's there's something in this too that I, that I really like like this pessimism and this bleakness because like Like, like, yeah, like, Jacob, you were saying, like, the, the Nolan Batman movies are, like, these awful libertarian fantasies about, like, tactical stepdads from the suburbs wishing they could go to the big city and take down the thugs and save the day. And, like, this Batman is just, like, this jaded millennial who's, like, staring down environmental apocalypses with, like, the city flooding at the end, knowing that, like, there's nothing you can do alone. But, like, that despair, that doubt, like, that's the first, that's the first, that's the recognition of the cracks, kind of the ideology of the Nolan Batman that's yeah. kind of acknowledging like that, that way of thinking, that way of approaching problems it's not going to stop crime it's not going to stop the city from flooding it's not going to save the day, you have to try something different even huh. even if the first thing that kind of happens to you is kind of this, uh, I guess Batman's crushing despair.
2: I did <laughs> like that the movie ended with a call to mutual aid where Batman was like I'll oh, yeah. oh, be at the site we're stronger <laughs> together I <laughs> think <laughs> it's super that I keep found... us safe. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the shot that Jonathan was just describing, where he's doing like you know the like helping bringing people into light, and he's like helping people on a relief copters in daylight. That just mm-hmm. uh, was very disconcerting to me for some reason <laughs> to see Batman. I guess during the day, maybe looks... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> well, he looks pathetic. <laughs> he looks weak in that
1: moment, right? Yeah. And like, like I think that you kind of nailed it, Ash, with the. Uh... We, there's nothing we can do alone, and why mm-hmm. the movie is so bleak is because everything about the Batman universe is about being alone and being a fun. Mm-hmm. Everyone is alone. I don't know how they did this. Uh, Twitey said to me <laughs> after we finished watching the movie, he was like, That movie was three hours long, and somehow none of the characters <laughs> were in it. Like, what did we just watch? <laughs> none of them were ever on screen, and I don't know what was on screen for the three hours, but it's because they're all in the shadows. You know, lurking around and stuff, and uh, just just sort of appearing here and there. And there's no Batman passes no Bechdel
3: tests. No one talks to anyone. You know. Um, well, that was yeah. That I mean, it's funny. I saw uh, someone tweeted this that there was a theater that was like warning: uh, this movie is very dark. Uh, the studio told us it will be very dark. We will not being <laughs> we will not be issuing refunds again. This movie is very dark, and I that's, think they mean, that's beautiful. Literally, the lighting, the lighting is dark. Uh, and that that I actually kind of like that because especially in the scenes where we were talking about where like Batman is coming to the crime scene, which is, you know, illegal. And then that it, it, it red is more realistic be, be, mm-hmm. just because of the lighting almost.
2: Um, yeah, the mandatory back and forth of every scene where somebody's like, could somebody get Batman out of here? And they're like, he's with me.
3: I'm friends with
2: Batman.
3: <laughs> right. But yes, yeah, so one complaint i had too is is catwoman uh we don't know how she became catwoman maybe i missed this but you don't you don't explain how she got her abilities is she uh you know somewhat supernatural like in the Halle berry version uh it's it's unclear well they didn't really explain how
1: who batman was either right this being an origin you know i think they're gonna do a bunch of movies
3: with this guy well yeah Um, i mean we i i I appreciated that they didn't do the same old like (laughs) Uh, here's here's his parents dying again for the millionth time. You know? I'm glad
1: like, that they didn't. But what it made yeah. me think about when I was watching it was how like um like this is a uh, like piece of modern American mythology or something. And like if you were new to America or I guess the world, like if you're an alien and you landed on planet <laughs> Earth, and yeah. one ticket to the newest hottest movie, you wouldn't know what the fuck was going on but the movie works because Batman is like a fucking idea in the cultural imagination. Yeah. And like, you know, we all know how he became Batman. So it's, it's this weird move, like thing where now you can start in the middle of the story if you want, because it's like part of our like lexicon or whatever. So anything you do with it is, I mean, I nerds compare superheroes to mythology and that's annoying and fucking stupid, but there is like kind of a point here. Cause Jesus, like a thing that we all have, you know, access to or whatever. So right, it,
2: it doesn't need any explaining. It's just in the math equation, given Batman as yeah. X, we can work from here. <laughs> I took a class on uh, this is like a required class. I had to take something on world cultures in college. I took a class on Japan and it was all about this was like what? Like 12 years ago or something. Uh, Japan has these crazy movies that are very postmodern, where they don't explain what the subject is. They just redo the same stories in different ways again and again. Mm-hmm. And they show us like Evangelion. They're like, could you imagine <laughs> if this, culture this, was, this like, actually, was disconnected? And it, they were just ahead of the curve. We're doing that with yeah. every property now.
5: This is actually like a throwback to one of my favorite uh, Batman comics. Bruce Wayne ends up being sent back through time and losing his memory. And so at every stage of history... What he does is dress up as a bat and fight crime. <laughs> uh, that's what he does. That's, and it's like it, completely. This is this is why I, I my my one vaguely hot take about the film is that it's better than the Nolan Batman, um, precisely because it, it understands Batman is not like. What if Elon Musk had Raytheon drone technology, um, but. <laughs> It, it's, it, it kind of takes it seriously as a kind of, like, American myth. You know, yeah. he's like the American Robin Hood, right? Like, yeah. this, is, this is, that's what Batman is supposed to be.
2: <laughs> right. The American Robin heroic. Hood, important to note, does not help poor people. <laughs> 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 he's kind of a scourge to them.
1: That's the American part, though. <laughs> that's the American <laughs> part. That, that is <laughs> actually a brilliant point.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he literally, that, that was... all of
1: his enemy, all of his enemies are... Mentally ill, like he throws <laughs> yeah. them in a, in a hospital for mentally ill people, <laughs> right? He knows yeah, that about them. <laughs> they're, they're all
4: they're all mentally ill, or like Cat- Catwoman is just like literally a Robin Hood, right? She's just stealing from rich people. Mr. Freeze is trying to fund medical research for his dying wife. Uh like uh Poison Ivy is an environmental activist. Like yeah. all of these all of these other people are just like they've got like pretty legitimate causes half yeah. the time. <laughs>
3: Rosso yeah. Gould in Batman Begins. Yeah. I remember seeing that as a 14-year-old being like, he's right about just destroying <laughs> uh, capitalism.
1: Right. Bane knew. Um, he's like a leftist. Right. And he came out around Occupy and they were like, wait, oh, oh my gosh, gosh oh my and God. Like, he's the
3: villain? No, I want to hang out <laughs> with her. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I guess what I was, here's what I'm getting at about the like postmodern nature of it or whatever. Um, I think it works. I, first of all, Catwoman, fucking great my 10 stars for me Uh, really cool character, but she didn't have an origin. Right. It's like a little weird. Like, It's also weird. He's like spying on her and stuff. She walks like a cat. It's a whole fucking thing. Right. But um, the fact that no one had origins, I think works in the same way. And this is going to sound weird, but this is just the first example that popped into my head when I was thinking about this. It's kind of like detective Pikachu, that fucking Pokemon movie that came out a few years Ah, ago. Yeah, we saw
3: that.
1: (laughs) Pikachu was very funny and it works in this specific way that i think movies about video games kind of work where like um when you make a video game a lot of times you don't actually have a story you just need to make characters so like when they made like mortal kombat they just like Mm -hmm. i don't know put a laser eye on a guy we'll figure out why he has it later or whatever right and then you make these movies But where you've already got these established images that just have like little pieces of information and tropes attached to them that everyone knows. And so you get to do this thing where you reverse engineer the story and like make uh, you use these symbols to do whatever you want with and make a story out of. And I kind of feel like they started this movie with like a palette and they were like, okay, there's all these Batman ideas that like everyone already knows. And from there, they could have made a movie about anything. Using mm-hmm. Batman symbols, you know, and they just chose to kind of make a noir thing about. I, I don't really know. I'm going to have to watch the movie again,
3: but I'm sure it wasn't about anything <laughs> really. It was just a
1: fun, aesthetic piece of you know, art or
3: whatever. I am really excited to see like uh indie sort of postmodern Mr. Freeze, like what they're going to do with that character. Yeah. That would be amazing.
2: He's Polly. He wants one of his wives <laughs> to come back from
1: the dead. <laughs> um, well, uh, so Batman's emo. Uh, Riddler is like a Death Grips guy, I think. <laughs> 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 Mr. Freeze is Vaporwave,
2: maybe? Yeah, or, chill uh, wave, Jake.
1: <laughs> yeah,
4: chill ch- ch- beats the study two guy. Yeah, he's
1: <laughs> super chill when you go into the cave that he lives in. It's just like, man, God damn, I can hang out in here all day. Try studying
2: wanna... to these beats. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I do want to ask you guys something because uh, this is my main complaint about the movie, but it's also a criticism that at other times when it's a movie that uh, I can, you know, I'm not annoyed by the length. I find it to be like a lazy predict. I remember when tree of life came out and everyone was like, yeah, it was, it was too long. I was like, Shut, ah, you don't, ah, you don't get it. Um, but let me ask you as people who think about art seriously and have studied this stuff and, and, and you know, analyses of critique, and you know, is that a valid criticism to critique a movie's length? Is that kind of lazy and, uh, uh, you know, philistinial, or or is that a valid thing we can levy?
4: So, so I'm currently watching a movie that's 857 hours long. I've been watching it since wow. I think sometime in February, but honestly, mm-hmm. it feels like I've always been watching the movie now. This is the um,
3: Justice League uh, Snyder. Yeah, guy this has- is the
4: Snyder, the Snyder Justice League. Yeah, it's it's three months long and it's total runtime. Um, wow. it's, it's a movie called Logistics, and it's almost entirely just a still shot of a boat, just kind of boating around. It's a it's a real time journey of a smart pedometer from a store in Stockholm, Sweden, where it's being sold, all the way back to the factory in Boan, China, where it was made. And, mm-hmm. and there there are almost no people in this, no dialogue, no music, no sounds, and like, it, I feel like it's a good use of 857 hours. Like this is interesting, mm-hmm. and I, and like I think critiques about length are important because like. This is a formal aspect of a movie, like what we do with time and how we interact with movies is is one of the biggest things about them. Right. Movies as a genre, like play with time, they fast forward it, they rewind it, you see montages. And like if a movie is using an endless amount, like there's an art installation um, called. uh, Oh, my God. What is it? I think it's um, the 50 year movie or something like that. But a guy um, kind of like deconstructed a single movie slide that's been exposing over the course of 50 years. And so, like, it's it's not even done being made yet in quotes if we can even talk about it with that language, right? But, like, if the movie is using your time and, like, doing something interesting with its runtime, that's great. But if a movie is kind of, like, dragging its feet and doing unnecessary side plots, like, I think of, like, that last Avengers movie where, like, you know, stuff just kind of kept happening and the plot didn't go anywhere and I felt like I was just, like... Waiting in line at the DMV next to Ant Man, it was just incredibly dull.
2: (laughs) They had that cafe scene, the diner scene, where the Hulk is just like, "Oh, my fans! They're so hard for me. I'm the Hulk. This is 15 minutes of so
5: bizarre." Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's Tarkovsky, right? He says like Mm -hmm. the big innovation of film is that is that you like you can take photographs. Photographs have existed long before cinema, um, and even like artistic composition of shots. That's like again photography. But like the whole thing that makes film what it is, is your ability to say time starts here and it'll kind of like, it stops when you shout cut. And it's like, I, I think a big problem with this is like how you relate to this film as a, as a piece of narrative. Cause we said it's vibe based, right? It's, vibe, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's about mobsters and like being double crossed and like, uh grimy little online trolls who are constantly scrolling in their journal that will be found (laughs) one day by a law enforcement agency like but if you go if you go this isn't this isn't telling me a story in an in in an efficient way and in the way that i i expect i've been conditioned to expect the kind of big Mm -hmm. tentpole blockbuster to do then yeah totally it's too long it's too long Okay.
2: I feel yeah. like I'm usually the most cynical about superhero movies. I've generally just had enough slop and I'm full. If I want to <laughs> watch more, I'll watch one of the ones I love already. You can mm-hmm. make anything else now. Uh, that said, I was also high for this. Enjoyed all three hours. Kind of like <laughs> <laughs> that it meandered around all these things that didn't need to be in there. The the Around 90 minutes in, he's chasing the penguin on a highway killing a hundred people in a tank yeah. car pile up and then not killing a penguin. And that's just not even like a pinnacle of the film. It's just in there. It's just like you get to spend an evening with Batman. And I thought that was kind of experimental in a way that paid off for me more than a lot of the Avengers films.
4: When, uh, when, when movies kind of first became like a commercial phenomenon that you can like go to a theater and see a movie. What the hell is that? Uh, One of the ways they would play is they would just kind of eternally loop the film all day and you would buy your ticket, you would sit down and then you'd kind of leave when you got right back around to your starting point. And this movie would be perfect for that. You just show up and then Batman's just, just fucking some guys up and you just watch until you sober up and you can go home.
2: Bro, bro. It's a great leave on in the background of a bar film, which is my favorite type of film.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah played a c- movies that way i think um the to me my take on the length of it is that um the medium of the times that we're living in is actually television and mm-hmm. that it's people enjoy artistically told stories that fit better into this like chapter by chapter thing where you release 12 hour long episodes in a chunk mm-hmm. and a lot of the stuff that they're trying to do with a movie like this is of the times and would fit better into that but they've had to make a movie because batman is a movie and not a tv show so it's just like of it's just gonna come out like th- th- three hours it just feels weird it doesn't really fit into what a movie is it also probably wouldn't fit that well into a, a tv show because we are conditioned to go batman as a movie it's a thing i go mm-hmm. watch in the movie theater on you know summer blockbuster evening or whatever so th- oh. th- th- i don't think there's any way really to make this movie, like this we just got th- what it is, but there was mm-hmm. all the, the things that it fell short of are like if you added in one aspect of it, you would have lost in the other, and it's just like a weird byproduct of the times that we live in, where we don't right. have, you know. And I,
3: I know other people are maybe not as uh, excited about this aspect as I am, but there, I apparently are going to be. There are some spinoffs in the works that are going to be on HBO Max, like a, a show about the Penguin. There's going to be one about. Uh, Gotham PD, which was already a show wasn't very good, Mm -hmm. but I I like that because I uh, and I may be alone in this my favorite part of these movies and DC universe movies is the DC universe and specifically like the cities like Gotham like I, I get annoyed when people are like Oh, it's supposed to be New York, or it's, you know, it's it's Gotham. It's both. that's a character into itself. And so is Metropolis. And you know, that's that's part of one of the most interesting things to me is is looking at the tapestry of those cities themselves and you know what they're like outside of the the superheroes.
1: Yeah, it's uh, sex in the city. That's what Batman is writing about on his computer. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that is a killer spinoff.
2: I have to just ask this because I was wondering at the entire movie. Did Batman used to talk like Rorschach? Like, did he like out loud be like, this city is scum? Bale's,
3: Christian Bale's Batman voice. was
1: Well, <laughs> yeah. sonically, like audibly. Yeah, the, the, he did the Rorschach uh, grumbly voice. But I think what Alex is saying is like the movie does basically open with the same monologue mm-hmm. from The Watchmen with Rorschach. Sort of okay. like, you know, giving this uh, assessment of the city and explaining to you. Why he is, you know, a, a masked vigilante libertarian weirdo or whatever. Right.
5: But what's uh, great about this one, but what's great about this one is like, He's doing the Rorschach voice, whilst at the same time admitting that he's sort of useless. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I've, I've made absolutely no difference, and I've not been able to get out of bed for three days. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's weird. Like, I think the I, I don't even know if the movie is self-aware of this, or this is just like something that just occurred in the making, or attempting to make a modern Batman movie or whatever. But like, he contradicts himself because, like, in the beginning of the movie, he talks about his spotlight and how. You know, when I shine this spotlight, it's a warning to these people in the streets. These motherfuckers know who I am. And the first thing that happens is that he comes upon, I think, the Ghazi Black Hammer gang. Like, they're (laughs) really. who these fucking people are but the first thing they say is who the fuck are you (laughs) so like he's either like lying to himself or being proven wrong or something weird is going on there where he is i mean maybe it does fit maybe it's he's he's a mentally ill weirdo who like believes that he's something that he kind of isn't you know but
3: also maybe it's a statement about uh today and the lack of uh a monoculture because there's you know not everyone is watching the nightly news and hearing about Batman every night. If if this guy is not being talked about on your TikTok uh, mm-hmm. pages that you view, then you're not going to know about him. Well, um, what I what I really like
4: about about that is like there's this kind of inherent contradiction in Batman's kind of character, right? Because like his whole thing is he wants to save Gotham and and lift Gotham up and do a better day, and like Gotham's core problem seems to just be crippling poverty. And Wayne mm-hmm. Enterprises is the single biggest company. And I think we can draw like a straight line to, to the source of the problem here. Like at the end right. of the day, Bruce Wayne is the villain that's destroying Gotham, and Batman mm-hmm. is the hero trying to save it. And so his mm-hmm. internal inconsistencies just always spiral out of him.
3: Well, that's what makes me crazy. And yeah. that was a re- really interesting part of this, too, is that, and they, and they address this at the, I think one of the opening scenes is the mayoral debate with uh, mm-hmm. Ray Al, right? More mayor Royale, which is, uh, <laughs> who's running against the, the current mayor. And he's talking about this fund, which I'm forgetting the, the Wayne trust or something like yeah. that. And it's this, it sounds the way they're describing it as like a public private partnership that is supposed to be like, it's basically the only safety net that Gotham has, right? Cause everything mm-hmm. has been privatized as we see in the Joker. Uh, And this is this is the NGO stepping in to supposedly save the day, but it's a it's a money pot for all these corrupt institutions throughout the city. So it's not actually doing anything. Mm -hmm. And that was a big part of it, too, as you're saying, like he's 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 grappling with his family's legacy and Mm -hmm. trying to to save the city at the same time, discovering that his dad Played a part in it in this corruption, and I kind of wish they would have went full hog with that because mm-hmm. at first he learns that his dad uh, ordered a hit. He's like, "My father ordered a murder," and then it seems like, "Oh no, he just you know may have uh, he told uh, Falcone to do something about this guy, and he didn't realize he didn't know he was going to kill him." You know, they are kind of trying to have it both ways there, but we're, but grappling we're with it the-
2: into maybe the most fun part of the film, which is this is the first Batman. Who has generational guilt about his trust fund, mm-hmm. and <laughs> is willing to acknowledge his privilege and do better right. as Batman?
3: Yeah, amazing. <laughs> yeah, he gets called out. He's, she's uh, Catwoman says to him. And she doesn't know his identity. She's like, "You're. I can tell you're from privilege. I can tell He's you." He's a weird up
2: person here. to call out for privilege because his parents are still like murdered. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that's how he yeah. got stressful. <laughs> well, but that and that
2: was an interesting dialogue
3: too. Is the diff you know, uh, the Riddler saying, and I, I actually didn't understand at this point if he knew who Batman was, if he knew that he was Bruce Wayne or not, because he's trying to get them, get him to come on his side. But he says, uh, Paul Dano playing the Riddler says, um, "Bruce Wayne is not a real orphan. I grew up in a fucking orphanage, with rats on the floor. He grew up in a mansion. He's raised by uh, Alfred and Jerry from Succession, which." Made me laugh out loud the moment she came on screen. Um, so that's and, an interesting.
1: Alfred is sending her dick pics the whole time and stuff. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. So that was an interesting dynamic there, too, uh, with yeah, like identity and privilege and all that stuff. And who, where do you get the right to save the city? Where do you get the right to be a vigilante and then tell other people they can't do the same thing mm-hmm. or similar things?
2: It's just such a perfect snapshot of where. Uh, Western culture is right now, which is like we have a sad Batman who talks about his privilege, and this is the political <laughs> film of the year. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's very I mean, sad. He doesn't know what to do but break people's legs. I mean, Batman
1: <laughs> is a great American myth because, like, as we were talking about uh, a couple steps back, like he is the he's he's very like um, schizophrenic, you know, in the philosophical sense about like. Being the cause of the problems that he's fighting and mm-hmm. not really being able to look at that square in the eye and go, maybe I should stop dressing up like a bat and I should fucking nationalize the local industries and all this, you know, do all this fucking stuff boring that would, uh, you know, help society. Right. And like he's a great, uh, but the fact that he's like slowly figuring out, bummed out about it and incredibly pessimistic about it is like a great kind of metaphor for. You know, the way people feel about cops right now, like a lot of people are just very cynical in their support of them and like U.S. Empire in general, you know, being the mm-hmm. cause of all of the <laughs> things that it then fights and <laughs> turns into villains and
2: throws in its Arkham Asylum, you know? Um Yeah, this is bad, but what else are we going to do? It does, he's a very relatable version of Batman. Like I remember uh so, like COVID hit, and you know we, we we were all stuck inside i wasn't doing comedy for a while um and then much like batman it gets out and you're like well all i all i've been doing for the last 10 years is telling jokes i guess i'll go back to that and batman is having that revelation but with like muay thai in the dark <laughs> or whatever <laughs> yeah. not really confident about the goal anymore <laughs>
1: yeah he's very much like uh beginning to question why he does this but mm-hmm. not you know that happens after this movie's over probably mm-hmm. if he ever has like a full-on
3: breakthrough with it um i d- i do want to just throw something out here because i was watching re-watching uh, batman forever last night and i had forgotten this plot point uh this is the last batman movie with the riddler in it i believe uh of course plays by jim carrey and he uses Edward Nygma, which is the real name. I don't know why they gave mm-hmm. him this other name. Um, say but his he,
2: name.
3: Say his name, Edward Nygma. But he's a <laughs> guy who worked for Wayne Industries, uh, and this is in that version of, of Wayne Industries and Batman. Uh, Bruce Wayne is little is more is a hands on CEO. He's an upstanding citizen and all that. Um, and he has an idea that will beam. TV signals directly into people's brains. Remember this is 1995 that this came out and Bruce Wayne is like, I can't in good conscience support such a technology. And then the Riddler ends up using this device called the box, which steals information from users' minds and transfers it to the Riddlers, uh, thereby making him smarter. Um, I just thought that was, you know, because we think of the Schumacher ones as being just total fluff uh, but that seemed, I don't know, kind of like a heavy handed statement, perhaps on, on the uh, technology of television. But uh, what what, if anything, do you guys think that says about uh, today and maybe the difference between that Batman and this Batman?
4: One of the one of the big shifts that I think happens at Batman, especially like going back to like the 1966 Batman through today, is that like. Batman, like at least in the movies, is like really camp. Like there's a lot of like, like really theatrical, really effeminate, yeah. really excessive, like really kind of over the top and ridiculous. But it's still like like you were saying, like it's still got these like serious philosophical political themes that that run underneath that. So you can you can bring bring your eight-year-old kids and they're gonna be like, Look at the goofy costumes, dad. And then like you can be like, Oh, yeah, that's a comment on television. This rocks. And then, like slowly, like <laughs> Batman like becomes more militarized, right right Like Batman reflects policing in a lot of ways, right his 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 batmobile goes from like a really cool like souped up muscle car to like just a tank, and he's wearing like yeah. like even in this movie, like they, they scale that back a little bit. it kind of like starts going back to to a less militarized Batman, but there's still like a scene where he's like walking head on into dudes shooting assault rifles at him, and they're just like like it's not even affecting him at all, yeah. And I think, like, that, that for me is, like, one of, like, the interesting shifts that's been happening, like, through the, like, the Nolan movies were, like, the focal point of this. But, like, Batman kind of became this embodiment of, like, inflated policing budgets.
3: Right. And that's that's one thing I really liked about this movie, too, is that he still has a Batmobile, as he said, it's mm-hmm. a bit scaled back. But the motorcycle, it's a tricked-out motorcycle. But when he's riding the motorcycle, he doesn't wear his costume. Because why mm-hmm. would he? Why would mm-hmm. you draw attention to yourself like that, you know? Yeah. That was a smart choice, I thought. The car yeah, in a,
5: in a, rocks.
3: Yeah. It, <laughs> oh, yeah. This was a sick
5: Batmobile. <laughs> in a, in a way, it sort of struck me as like this is a kind of deconstruction of Nolan's Batman, and mm-hmm. it's like it going, all right, let's let's just be honest about about what this person would be, and it's like you can't go any grit grittier, right? So in a way, I'm kind of hoping that that sort of like camp self aware element of like Jim Carrey in a green suit inventing. Yeah. Inventing Neuralink is going to come back. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, Mr. Freeze. It's hard to, like I said, it's hard to do a non-campy version of, of Mr. Freeze. I mean, right. one, of the,
5: one of the cool things um, to kind of point out something you said Anne, is that, like, this understands that Gotham is like a place. It's not just like yeah. the Nolan ones. It's like, oh, it's just downtown Chicago because that's right. where it was filmed and they put it in IMAX. And this one is very clearly inspired by the animated series. So I'm kind of hoping yeah. that if they if they do bring in Freeze, there's going to be the kind of like, in this, this one is very cynical and quite bleak and pessimistic. So like, let's bring back the sort of tragedy of American healthcare. Uh, and this, this poor guy who has literally no other choice of to, than to try and use what he has to keep those he loves alive. I'm like, that would work with this Batman. That yeah. would work.
3: Absolutely. Well, I'm curious. Do you guys think uh, Mayor Real will Change the, the oh. whole picture in Gotham and and make it into like a small uh, social democracy. I completely forgot about this character.
1: Sorry, narcolepsy. <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: Batman AOC.
1: Yeah, yeah. thought yeah, <laughs> about that. What was going on there? Well, it, it was sh-
2: is not a ever run for mayor. I can't imagine. That's like a weird like platform for change. I'm just like, I'm redoing the whole thing as mayor right now. Let's go.
3: Well, yeah, it doesn't say a lot about her, you know, political views or platform. Not that it has an obligation to. But interestingly, though, one of the first scenes we're talking about, the debate scene, the -hmm. current mayor is like, you want to shut down this Wayne program that's done so much good. And so that kind of gives a hint that she uh, wants to buck the established order in some way yeah um,
5: oh no you want to shut down the cia front NGO that's <laughs> yeah. that's, that's been distributing crack for the last 20 years <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: that's yeah, interesting
4: there's, there's definitely a uh a, attention a with the the kind of like Marial and and like like i was thinking about like that debate scene and i was like Man, like this feels this feels like a pre 2016 political scene from a movie, you know, like you don't have like an out and out fascist just screaming at the top of his lungs versus like a milquetoast Democrat. Like these seem like two two like level headed TV politicians with disagreements. And it, and it felt kind of like like, oh, that was from like the before times. That was before everything like got real. <laughs> Yeah. I mean,
5: one thing, one thing I would say is that the film is very clear that, like, all po- these political institutions are, like, hopelessly corrupted. Oh, yeah. I mean, what is it the film says? Like, uh, Falcone's been the mayor for the last 20 years anyway, right? So the whole point of, like, who's running for mayor, this film goes, well, it's kind of incidental, really. Like, it, you expect that right at the, at the climax of the film, the mayor's going to get to give the kind of big inspirational speech and they immediately get shots. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> Uh the whole point of that, like if the film has a kind of politics, it's not predicated on elected officials, right? Uh-huh. Mm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's why it's sad. It's a you're if you're Batman, you're not trying to like redo Gotham. You're not trying to have like a revolution in Gotham America, right? You're trying to fix the city with everyday actions. In your case, punching people. Uh, you're doing liberal reformism in Gotham, which is very mm-hmm. sad. And I think if you are an American liberal right now or, a, or somebody who really believes in this kind of reformative processes, this is a hard time for you because you can't right. believe in anything. Yeah, Right. And I, and I think that
3: like sort of dis- and what sets this Batman apart, I guess, is the fact that it is modeled Quite literally, after uh, Kurt Cobain, like when um, mm. when I'm forgetting the the guy who made its name already, but uh, when the director who also wrote the script was was writing it, he was watching Last Days, the Michael Pitt, the Gus Van Sant directed movie with Michael Pitt, where he's like Kurt Cobain's last day alive. It's just him kind of like rambling around, uh, fucked up and depressed, and that's that was somebody who had you know was not totally uh po- was not apathetic at all politically but ended up being defeated right he, he did not ultimately try to change the world or at least he gave up doing that he didn't really make an attempt and um it was disillusioned right disillusioned mm-hmm. yeah he be- believed so hard that
1: you know he figured out how everything works and then you know d- you got the thousand-yard stare that you get when you finish reading a book that explains everything, and then you kind of realize you can't do anything about it, or whatever. Right?
3: He he wanted to be a rock star, and he thought that would solve all his problems. And uh, bat and Bruce Wayne wanted to become a superhero. He thought that would solve his problems and his city's mm-hmm. problems. And uh, neither of those things are are so simple.
2: And then he was killed by Courtney Love. For the next hour of our podcast, we'll be getting to the truth. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah this is True the crime pivot the <laughs> we have upwards of 500 followers
2: I have a long <laughs> list of misogynist sources we'll be going through point by point <laughs>
1: um anybody, anything else we should get to I think we kind of I think we got I think we have a theory here a pretty solid one which is that it's about the hopelessness of the current thing we're all living through Um, Which is to say I loved it.
5: Yeah, all all you can (laughs) do is try. All you can do is try because nothing else works. And if all you know is you spend your nights posting and then going out to fight people on the street corner, (laughs) just own it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Remember, folks,
2: don't be like Batman at the beginning of the movie. Be like Batman at the end of the movie, getting involved in local uh, organizations uh, yeah, uh helping girls in suit. traction.
1: Yeah. Ladling out soup and stuff but you're
3: still in the bat suit.
2: <laughs> still wearing the mask. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> I just that I mean, brought me
3: so much. That reminded me of the, like the post 9/11 comics. You know, when they had like all the the Justice League like helping <laughs> relief after oh, yeah, like yeah. where were you when the planes were about to hit <laughs> right. the buildings? So Superman was conveniently off
4: world uh on right. the morning of September 11th. <laughs>
1: um my one complaint about this movie is there's a line at the end obviously spoilers everyone you listen to the whole podcast you should know that um paul dano's riddler is in uh arkham i'm assuming or Mm -hmm. holding still somewhere and then there's a cameo from jared leto joker who can hear through the next door that there's another weird guy like him hanging out (laughs) like holy shit there's two of us cool i got an idea and he says this line to the Riddler where he goes, he tells him a riddle, very clever, right? Um, and the riddle is, uh, I, the less you have of me, the more I'm worth, to which the Riddler responds, a friend. That's the answer to that riddle, which is weird <laughs> because if you like basic economy, everything, that's how everything works. The less you have of it, the value goes up. <laughs> so it makes no sense that he'd be like, a friend is uh, like... <laughs> Losing my fucking mind to the theater.
2: Maybe at that point. Bernie Bro Riddler needs to open a textbook. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> of maybe flooding, these supervillains
5: need to read some Calmucks, <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> Which um, you know is about friendship, as we all know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh,
3: Who g- was t- that guy? T- by the way, was that? He uh, looked hairy.
1: Huh.
3: The the cameo for I think it was Barry uh, Keoghan played the the cameo, but was, yeah, was that, I think that was is.
4: Joker. Yeah, I think uh, he the, the actor confirmed that he's supposed to be a Joker cameo, but I think uh, director Matt Reeves has gone on to state that they don't currently have plans to use that Joker again in the future, so it's just like a it's a fun little scene.
2: Okay, there the was movie, room I guess. to cut, I'll say. Yeah. There yeah. were some yeah. things that maybe didn't have to be in the final <laughs> version of the right.
3: film. There's like three endings, yeah, when he busts mm-hmm. up the Penguin. I thought that was going to be the end. By the way, did not remember until after the movie had ended that that was colin farrell who played the penguin amazing yeah,
2: you walk uh, out and you go hang on
3: yeah.
5: hang on was that did i just have a stroke Was yeah. that...
2: <laughs> his greatest performance to date i'm not sure they needed all four scenes of paul dano singing ave maria i don't know yeah. what that was supposed to mean except it was crazy <laughs>
3: Yeah, it's a lot to jam in three because the tradition is you choose two villains for a Batman movie and they chose mm-hmm. three, uh, so or four arguably. Anyway.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of fucking characters in this movie and none of them were on screen. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. <laughs> um. All right, well I think we did it, folks. We explained the movie in uh, less time than the movie took to watch. So nailed it.
2: Our greatest work to date
1: watch the movie and then listen to this podcast and that's a full eight hour workday that you <laughs> um all right let's uh do some plugs and get out of here where can our listeners find our friends here at the horror vanguard uh, we uh, are
4: at horror vanguard horror vanguard podcast wherever wherever evil creepy podcasts can be found uh i'm on twitter at Derovania and the liquor guy
5: is well, I'm on Twitter at the liquid guy. <laughs> in exciting news, we are doing our very first live shows in oh, yeah. Chicago. Oh, cool. Uh, April, April 7th, 8th, and 9th, we're going to be at the University of Chicago. Please keep an eye on social media. If you are in the area and you can swing by and say, ho- say, say hello, uh, we talk about the three important things we talk about um, friendship, we talk about communism, we talk about uh, horror movies. What more can you ask for? Um, if you like the show, um, why not? Why not? Why not support the the posters' lifestyle? Why not support the the podcasters' mission um, uh, at Patreon dot slash horrorvanguard?
2: What do you yeah. have to lose?
1: <laughs> uh, should we do ours? Yeah, yeah, we might as well, right? Yeah, uh,
3: I am at Andersley here on Twitter, um, as you may have followed, and I think we may have said this up top. Uh, all of my videos for Redacted Tonight, which was on RT America, have been taken off of YouTube. We've been deplatformed by uh, YouTube, possibly the deep state—I'm not sure—but you can see many of them, many of the segments I did on on my Instagram. For now, it might be taken off there too. But uh, at Dursley One on Instagram, subscribe to our Patreon. We did uh, just did a deep dive into the polar exp- polar bear expedition in which uh, the U.S. invaded Russia after their revolution and also our twitch which we're going to be doing more stuff on i might be and i just decided this a moment ago uh we'll probably be doing some twitch streams in which i pretend to be in the dc universe the dc comics universe so check that out uh to see some some good role-playing stuff
2: this plug section is huge for me um, you can follow me on Twitter at Patak Test Kitchen, your number one stop for exciting new flavors, and big news for New York listeners. This Friday, March 18th, Paid Protest returns to the secret loft at 8 p.m. with special guest, TV's Anders Lee, dropping Anders in. Lier. Raw. Doing all of his illegal comedy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> raw. Um my live show is at the Gutter in a couple of days. As of this coming out, uh, the fifteenth—that's next tuesday uh, the Gutter in Bushwick, Brooklyn, Williamsburg. Uh, it's a bowling alley. It's punk bar. My show is at nine o'clock. You know the drill. Stand-up comedy hosted by me. Um, what else have I got? My other shows, Why You Mad? Matt Farrell jokes on everything, and I'm going on tour with Eve Six in a month. Um, if you haven't got tickets. I you should be warned, we sold out Comet <laughs> Ping Pong Pizza, the pedophile uh, restaurant from the Hillary Clinton conspiracy theory. So, two nights we sold out. So, uh, shows are selling out. Get a ticket if you want to come watch.
2: Those kids are going fast.
1: Mm hmm. All ages show, by the way. It's <laughs> Ping Pong Pizza. Bring your kids. Okay.
3: It is funny how that's a DC thing, all ages. <laughs> Wait, is that a DC thing? Yeah, yeah. It was Ian Mackay's, like, the main Oh,
1: time. yeah. That makes sense.
3: All right. It's finished.